Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Alongside me today, I have a very special guest once again, Pastor James Perkins, back with us. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's good to be here with you today. This will be your third time on the podcast. Yes. Or fourth? I don't remember how many we did last yeah. time. But you're, you're becoming a regular... And that's my hope and dream, you know, that you're going to become a regular. Maybe we'll do our own podcast one day to yeah. rival very popular podcasts. Like there's ones out there called Modern Christian Dads and yeah. things like that that we could rival <laughs> along the way. Anyway, uh, today we're having Pastor Perkins with us. And I actually wanted to have you back in sooner than, um, than we have you right now because there was a question that was really kind of on my mind what would be a month or so-ish ago, because uh, the last time we had you on, we were leading up to a conference that we had, that we did together. I mean, we did it here at Grace Point Church, but a conference that we had called Next Step Conference. And it was really good. It was a kind of a uh, conference that launched us into the beginning of the year, a time of fasting and prayer, just speaking vision over this particular church, but uh, just everyone being lifted up and challenged to seek the vision that God has for us. And uh, I think we all concurred. It was a great weekend. It was a good weekend. Very and good. so it was a lot of fun. But my thought coming out of those weekends is kind of you, and I've had this so many times in my life before, where whether it is a conference, it could be a bona fide revival, it could be youth camp, it could be, I don't know, a season, just, just times and moments when we get in our spiritual journey uh, along this, this life of following and living for Jesus, where we have some of these epic moments uh, whether you want to call them revival, I'm sure people turn them, term them different things, but then we come a- a- after them. It's kind of like Monday morning, the hangover, et cetera. Yeah. And like that move of God is now over with. And it's like, well, what, what do I do now? Right. And I was almost kind of thinking that a couple of weeks after next step, we're like, oh man, this was so great. And, you know, people are fired up for the Lord. And, and then you kind of just kind of step back into the monotony of what our normal church schedule is, our uh, form, our liturgy, uh, you might say, or something like that. Uh, What's your opening kind of general thoughts on that? Well, first of all, looking back at that conference, uh, it it was very, very successful, I felt like. Just it was a great spirit in this house. And um, one thing I've I've noticed as far as uh, Pastor Jeremiah, as as far as you asking what next, uh, being around you enough to recognize that uh, you never seem to be uh, lacking in in vision. You you never seem to be wondering too much about what to do next, not too concerned about uh, trying to uh, embrace the past. I've never seen that in you. You're always ready to go to to the next step, not to coin that phrase again. But, um, but yeah, I think the most important thing is that we look forward uh, uh, to what God has for us next. Be continually looking for what he has next for us um, in his plan. So we'll call it next year, we'll call it the What's Next Conference. What's Next? <laughs> Instead of Next Step. But, and I, am, uh, I would like to think by nature, I, I at least want to be, even if I'm not, even if I'm a total poser, the one thing no. I do want to be in life is a revivalist, you know, yeah. the, to, to be someone that is... And my definition of that wouldn't is just continually seeking a move of God, a move of the Spirit in the context of my life, in the context of the local church or the ministry that I'm have leadership over, that I'm desperately seeking the Holy Spirit to move powerfully and manifest in that. So all that to say is uh, along the way, I've, I love to read about revivals and I love to read about revivals of old and revivals that are current and from Azusa Street to Welsh Revival to Brownsville. But what's, what's interesting is that there has been no revival, at least that I've read about, that 
has not come to an ending. They've all had, right. they've all they had a stopping point. Yes, they all do. Some were three years, some were, I mean, I think the longest one that I've read about was this people group called the Moravians. Have you heard of those, them yes. before? Where they were the ones that noted that they had a hundred years of nonstop prayer. Yeah. But even that came to an end at some point. Right. Why do, why, flush this out with me. Why do moves of God end? What's your take on that? Well, uh, I, I think it's, it's, um, I don't know what the word is necessary is right, is right word or not, but I think it's necessary that, that they come to an end. Um, I think the value of a re- revival, a move of God, a, um, uh, a season of, of just intense God's presence, um, uh, the value of that is in the event itself because it's at the event itself that you you remember what God has said, you remember what God has done, and it, it that that event becomes as a, a a landmark of something that God has done. We talked uh, about the wells that, or the, the, the rather the altars that Abraham built. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were for a point of reference. They were for a point of remembrance. The altars that would come later to the people of God. God would say, "Bring when your children ask about this this pile of rocks." Yep. Gives you something to be able to say, "This is what God did then," as a reference point for what God can do, and to point toward what God will do again. Though it may look different, God is still active today. Yeah, I. Uh, I thought it was creative. At least one time, I preached a message called "Everyone Needs a Pile of Rocks." Yeah. That you know that we we all need a pile of rocks for some people, and uh, for us that, that we need to be marked by continual movements of God. And I guess as we talk through that, that that's the nature of God. He's he's not a God that sits still per se. He's always moving. He's always progressing. He's always making things new. So to I guess just stay in one mode of revival would seemingly go against right. the character of God in one sense. Right. Well, you remember when, they, uh, when the walls of Jericho fell, uh, God told the children of Israel, never try and rebuild this city. So in essence, uh, kind of t- to use the phrase that you used, uh, that Jericho became a pile of rocks. And it would, God said, I want to stay a pile of rocks so that when successive generations come, they can, you can point to that at this pile of rocks and say, this is what God did for his people. He brought this city down. And uh, it's said that if you rebuild this, uh, if you ever try and rebuild Jericho, if you, like that is if you try and go back to what it was before, uh, God says you'll do that at the cost of your, of your children. And that's exactly what happened several generations later. They came back, they were trying to rebuild the city, and, and, and they, the, the man that tried to start rebuilding the city lost his children. They died in the effort because God had warned them because it's, it's important for the, for the next generations or the following generations to look back and see this is what God's done. I don't want you to ever lose this pile of rocks. Mm-hmm. Don't ever lose what I did here to, to bring my people into their promise. Well, and I think that's a great segue into the, the thought that was in my brain was talking about, it, it, I want to say this correctly, but the ups and the upsides and the downsides to revival in one sense. I, I, it, it almost seems weird to say that there would be a downside Certainly. to having a revival, but there, there, there is. And from that point that you just brought up is I think the danger of when we have revival sometimes is we're so moved and touched by that moment or those moments or that moment of time that we want to park there and we kind of want to stay there and never progress to something more. And this is where we, as a younger person, might pick on someone older in the faith where they're like, you know, back, we had revival, you know, back on Sunday night, we had church on Sunday night and we stayed there till midnight every single Sunday night. And my kids slept in the pew and you know, those kind of things. 
And, you know, sometimes you can be like, well, that sounds awesome, but yeah. <laughs> where, where do we go? So that's a downside of revivals that sometimes we well, I, you stay know, in I, that moment. I, I, I pray when I pray for revival, I pray for a move of God. I pray that our, our generation is the one that follow us, the ones that follow me and follow you after that. Yep. Uh, that we'll have something that they, that they remember, that their children will say, well, you know, it's not like you had it, Mom and Dad, but we want to see God move in our generation as well. I believe every generation can have a move of God. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we, uh, I guess there's multiple layers of that, but as someone who has now been in ministry for a period of time that has experienced moves of God or revival, how do you stay in a mode of staying open? How do you do that personally? Hmm. Well, I, uh, I've, I found that uh, my relationship with the Lord, that my time of intimacy with Him is is so vital that I cannot move forward in faith. I cannot move forward in vision unless I have those times personally intimate with God. Because it's in those times when you look through Scripture, even we can use that as our as our example, as we almost always do. You look through Scripture, you see you see the experiences that men and women of God had. That those experiences, like the revival, like the move of God, those experiences they didn't stay there. But it impacted their life. The value was in the experience. It impacted their, their life for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. What do you now, I mean, you had a season in particular, we talked about this a little bit here at this church, Grace Point, where there was a season of revival that lasted for uh, several weeks or, or 10 or 12 weeks or something like that in that ballpark. 17. 17. And now you're uh, 20 years removed from that in that ballpark, right? 20, uh, 20-ish or something like that? Time has flown, yeah. 25 or <laughs> what? Uh, and now this at this point in life, in hindsight, what's your takeaways from that? As I'm sure there's got to be moments when you think back to that. Well, Reflect was, on it. If you, when you think about it, this was 21 years ago um, or so uh, when I was here. And um, we did have that extended rival. It was during a season in the church in the Spirit-filled church where there was this occurrence was happening all over the country. There was one in Miami, Oklahoma. Of course, there was the one notable, the one in, in, in Brownsville. Uh, there was one in Chicago. There's one in New York. They happened in South Carolina. They were all over, and many that I probably didn't even hear about because yeah. it was it was uh, it was happening. And so uh, people were for for right or for wrong, they were looking for it to happen. They were wanting that to happen in their in their church in in many in many places. Uh, and so when that as that was happening, we wanted. A similar move of God. We saw what God was doing in other places, seeing how it was shaking the communities and and uh, people were being changed and saved, of course, and and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we wanted that to happen here as well. And so, as God began to move among us, we really pursued it. I I look back at it now it was in a very uh, very carnal way, I guess, of looking at it. It was, it was like it was a brass ring, and we reached for it. When we saw the mm-hmm. potential of God doing something, we went after it you know, and to, to see what God would do. And it was a landmark, uh, a, a, a time of, I, I look back at it now, that God really dealt with, with lives and really dealt with my life, changed my life uh, you know, to this mm-hmm. day. Should we, the uh, question as you're talking there, question I would have is, should we pursue revival is that even the right mindset to have is you know what i'm saying should we should we be pursuing revival is that even the right way to look at it today or is that something because you're kind of bringing up everyone was right. just pursuing this right certain yeah. thing 
And is that even the right way to attack it? Is it, should my life pursuit just simply kind of be more about his presence and individually, or is it, is it okay to pursue revival and a move of God or? Yeah. Well, we only know what we know. And there are times when we begin pursuing, we can talk about pursuing his presence, pursuing uh, the move of God. But what happens, I, I believe a lot of times that we, if we see it happening in other places or it happening in other lives, we get, tend to get the idea that that's how God does it. Yeah. Right? And while we may not be saying, I want to have their experience just like them, uh, uh, we, are, we are saying we want to experience what they're experiencing. We understand it may not look just like theirs, but we want to experience uh, the presence of God and that revival, that renewal that happens. Yeah, and I... Uh, but I agree with you. That's probably not the the right way, the right frame of mind to say, I want to go do that. When yeah. That may not be what God has for you. And I think uh, revival just is going to look different in, in every generation. And I, I can't remember how I've said this before, but I'm, I'm praying up, uh, praying for the 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 spiritual airbnbers to rise up uh today and what i mean by that to lay that what's in my brain is i'm saying that as i i like to listen to podcasts and so i i've listened to podcasts of sometimes entrepreneurs uh influencers and uh, business people and one i remember listening to was like on uh, airbnb where you know they basically they had this idea of like hey we'll just open up our home and rent right. it out and then uh, you know, but at the time that just sounded like a, a cheesy dorky idea. And even now to some people, it's like to wait, someone's going to come sleep yeah. in my spare bedroom. Yeah. People, even today, yeah, I brought uh, up the idea uh, to my wife <laughs> after our uh, last conversation about that. She said, forget it. Yeah. You know, and, but I love in this YouTube, uh, entrepreneur generation that there's all these companies and ideas that are, that are percolating that have never existed before. And I think, uh, again, I've said this before, that which is physical, spiritual, and I, I, I want that to flow into the life of the church, that we're going to have all these ideas uh, and things that, ways of influencing, ways of changing that have never been done before. So again, I think our, how revival might look is going to be very, very different as we embark on a new era and a new generation. Well, we all have. Uh, we all we all know we have we have our physical DNA. No one no one obviously disputes that. Uh, but the truth is, we all have spiritual DNA as well. That uh, we are unique in the way God has created us. So when you look at your spirit, spiritual DNA, the DNA of Jeremiah Johnson, Pastor Jeremiah, or the DNA of James Perkins, it is it is going to be different, and God and God has something different for each one of us. And I even think I I know we're on a podcast. I think a move of God is going to, this might be hard for some people to connect with this, but I think the move of a new move of God, part of it is going to, is going to flow into the digital realm. If that's too weird and futuristic to think about that part of God's spirit moving is going to be digitally uh, in, in our world. And that this, this medium of digital technology is going to be essential to God, it's not that God needs technology to right. move, but I think if we're open, he's going to flow in the context of that so that the influence of his name and influence of who we are can be spread across the globe in a greater way than it's ever been before. Here's a cheesy example. I'm a YouTube. I love YouTube. I need to build my YouTube channel in a better way. Focusing on podcasting right now. 
But for example, I really got into alternative living people on YouTube. All right. So people that live in vans, uh, tiny homes, uh, this kind of thing. Right. And so I happened to this, this, I don't know why this one kid, he's in early twenties, lives in a van, travels around the country, uh, and you know, people, schoolies, school buses, your school, uh, you've driven school bus before uh, people are transitioning school buses into tiny homes, right. et cetera, and all these kind of things. So anyway, I, I ended up just getting addicted to watching this young man on his YouTube channel, traveling the country, connecting with people, his van breaking down, remodeling it, et cetera, et cetera. All that to say is here's this young guy. He's got 30 to 40,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Uh, he has a platform to influence people never before. And 20 years ago, we would just instantly go to the Chris Farley joke in a van down by the river kind of thing. And and we would think that you're a loser. You you have no, I mean, again, 10, 20 years ago, that individual would be a dork. He would be a loser. He would be in a van by down by the river, you know, all these kind of things, these stigmas. But now he's a young man that he's not a Christian. Okay. But he has influence over 40,000 people to give his opinion to give his take on life. Other people are now following him. Oh, I'm going to get a van. So isn't that amazing in in this culture that someone like that 10, 20 years ago would never have that amount of influence over the lives of people, but now does. Well, you know, uh, having a following of 40,000 people does not uh, 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 disqualify you from being a dork. Right. right. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. You can can still be off the wall. (laughs) Right. So I just think, I I just think there's so many ways that are going to be new and different that God is going to release himself yeah. throughout the world yeah. uh, that are going to be different because re- revival doesn't have to look one way. Two things about revival or a move of God with God's people. Number one, it will always happen where, uh, where God's people are. God will come and he will visit his people. Second thing will happen. It will go where God's people then go. And if God's people go into digital, <laughs> that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. It goes where it goes into the, Generations past, it went to the radio. Generations yeah. past, it went to television. When when people back when even some Christians didn't think the church had any business having anything to do with radio or television, but it went there, and it has touched the world because of that. Wherever God's people go, wherever God's people go that have been touched by God, they, it will touch wherever they go. Yeah. Digital is obviously where people are going this day. Right, right. <laughs> I think one of the and I tomorrow. think I think we all have anthems and and uh, ways of. These things that we're really passionate about in our ministry. And I know a thing you brought up I wanted to hit on real quick was just talking about uh, I'm on a mission to renew uh, the love for the church and the understanding of what the church is in our in, in our in the church today, you know, because we have all these stats of, of young people, younger people leaving the church, exiting the church and and trying to lift up that banner to say, how could you leave the church when you are the church? You, you, you know, like that, 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 that renewal for the love for the local church. Why? Because you just mentioned it. Revival will only come through the local church, the local, the gathering of the local church people. Whatever so that looks like, yeah, whatever be, it looks like revival is but, always local, but it has to come through that local church. So as people say, well, I don't know about church, I, you know, and as we disconnect from this thing that we are, it, it then limits the opportunity for a move of God, right. for revival, because it has to come through that, 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 that vehicle right. of the local church. Right. 
and not necessarily the building and, you know, and we, and we've, unfortunately, I think we framed it that way in terms of the service, the services, the structure, right. uh, the liturgy of what we think uh, our form of religion. But aside from that, a move of God has to come through the local church. Yeah, I agree. If we're going to see it. And so, you know, again, for, for my last few minutes of talking about digital stuff where people are like, oh my goodness, that means we're not going to have church anymore. We're just <laughs> going to have church on YouTube. Well, yeah, we are. I mean, yes, but yeah, we're still going to gather and the move of God is still going to flow through the collective body of his believers. Right. What, the two things were what? Would you sit on that? that, that well, the, the, the move say that will again. Always, always come to where God's people are. Okay. Uh, and it'll always go where God's people go. Uh, people who are touched by God, wherever they go, they take that touch with them. So if they're going into the digital age, and obviously it's going to it is going to impact and uh, uh, that the technology that that part of our culture will, will, has to be touched mm-hmm. because it is such a big part of our culture. It has to be touched uh, in a move of God today. How do we? And then how do we teach that kind of to our our younger people today? Uh, for example, last night I, I did a class a teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the one thing I was really railing on was just getting our, our kids and our teenagers to pursue the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, that, that they, they have accessibility, that they have av- availability, they have a greater probability to actually see the Holy Spirit manifest in their lives as opposed to us adults who are convoluted, that our brains have been stuffed with good and bad church experience and bad theology. But in those young people, uh, there is a rawness and a realness for them to receive the things right. of the Spirit as well. Right. I read an article one time, I think, I don't even remember where I read this, but it was like the revival typically flows through younger people. Yes. Um, like I think they put even like average age 25 or they, they slap some number on that. But I think there's a little bit of, uh, for those I'm now older than that, uh, you know, that's like, Oh my goodness, I can't experience a revival anymore. Now I'm too old. But I think what that was saying is that there is a, uh, there's an openness, there's a receptivity to the work of the spirit. And that's a danger for us. As we move farther along in our spiritual journey, we can, we can get further entrenched and, and it can be harder for the Holy Spirit to dislodge us from where we've settled right. to something new. It's one thing I, I think I absolutely love and embrace about the Word of God is that it is so vast in that, in that it does not, you know, if, if man would have written, if it was, let's narrow it way down, if I would have written, <laughs> Lord help us, if I would have written or if man would have written the Word of God, it would be so narrow, it would be, it would be narrowed down to man's experience. But God has written, God has given us by His Spirit, His Word. And, and what I find in, in the Word is that when He moves upon people, He moves upon them regardless of their age, regardless of their background. They come from all walks of life. and all, Some have a religious background. Some have a, 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 a business background. And some come, and the Lord uses them very young. Uh, talk about shepherd boy King David or Joseph as a young man having dreams. And Timothy was a young man as a son, a spiritual son of the Apostle Paul. And all these were, were young, but and God used them. But you can go on to the other side of it, and you can see how God used used Jacob and Caleb even after they were well up in years. And Moses was 80 years old when he was first called by God. So regardless of your age or what point you are in life, uh, the, the example of God's Word as far as is that whoever you are, wherever you are, God can use you. Yeah. And how have you practical application or advice for us to stay open uh, to the spirit working 
in our lives as, as you've moved farther along in ministry and life and how you've stayed open to the Holy Spirit yeah. still moving in your life? Well, I would, I would certainly just rec- recognize that whatever we are doing, for instance, you're doing these podcasts now, to in, in incorporate the, the, the next generation and the following generations into what you're doing now, incorporate the move of God in what they are doing. Mm-hmm. That may be farther on than what you're doing. It's you different. Know, just yourself. In, incorporate this is how we serve the Lord. We walk with the Lord in all of these things. Yeah. And still, uh, and, and at the end of the day, it's about just reaching people and getting people saved. Yeah. You know, I, uh, when I was in California as a youth pastor, we had a great youth group. It was dynamic. I felt like we were we did a really good job. I look back at that point in life and... Uh, was like, yeah, I think, I think we did a pretty good job there with, you know, that we had a really young, radical young people, mm-hmm. but even in the time, that time frame, we were not far from Bethel, uh, with Bill Johnson and, and Bethel church ministries and Jesus culture and things like right. that. And so that was hot, um, now. And, and it was kind of, then it was really starting to ascend, uh, per se at that time. And so I know, you know, when certain moves of God happen, we try to model them or copy them and just run after them. And there was an element of that as well. And, uh, you know, I just, I remember at that time, which I still, I guess, preach today is like, you know, I don't care how it looks or how cool we are or, but, but is there fruit that comes out of your life that makes a difference for Jesus, you know, or are people getting, you know, all that to say is like, if we have revival, uh, and nothing flows out of that that yeah. connects other people to the heart of Jesus. Right. What good was that? Right. You know, what 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 good's the crowd? What good's the revival? Yeah. What good is you know? I agree with uh, I was talking about baptism, Holy Spirit. I agree with Paul. What good is it if we sit around and pray in tongues, right. have manifestations of the Spirit, these kind of things, and yet nothing flows out of that that right. engages or connects our community to the name of Jesus. There's a there's a phrase that I don't know who first began the phrase. I've heard it for many years, but it seems to be catching, uh, gaining traction again. It's it's the phrase that goes something like this: uh, We as Christians, we shouldn't just go to church; we should be the church. Yeah. Uh, and and kind of kind of my take on that is that uh, so many times we want to have church, we want to go to church or have church, uh, but if if we are not being the church, then yeah. we are very hit and miss with having church. Yeah, we'll gather together. It might be just as dry as can be. We come together and we just kind of go through the motions. But if we are not just having church, but we are being the church, you never miss, because it's part of who you are. It's part of your walk. It's part of your breathing. You're 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 breathing in His presence every day, not just on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you go to a special meeting, but you are you are actually walking it out all the time. When you are the church, you never miss. Yeah, and we and we can make that, and it can happen uh, anywhere that focus can get wrong, uh, very quickly. For example, I think I brought this up uh, the other day at, at our pastor's prayer meeting, this article that I read, and I actually brought it up on one of our other podcasts that, uh, nearly half of millennials don't believe that evangelism is important, right. essential, or even really needed wow. in the life of a believer. And that, and that's kind of scary, but part of the it's central to our commission, right? That the frustration not to defend uh, that thought process, but part of the reasoning for that thought right. process was that um, what they grew up in was a church that focused on programs and 
not authentic real evangelism, not being the church is what I'm right. trying to say. So they, they grew up in a generation where you had a production and you handed out tickets for someone to come and hear the gospel yeah. rather than you sharing the gospel. Right. And so that value never transitioned into their life. And so now that they're, they're left with this thinking, why do I need to share my faith? Uh, I thought we just have like a, you know, a, a, some kind of program or outreach or whatever, where we just invite people. And uh, I'm, I'm just cognizant of that as a pastor today that, you know, we have to, we have to be, we have to be engaging people. We have to be connecting people to Jesus Christ. This is not about uh, us formulating some kind of cool thing to do right. to draw people. And then that becomes the summation of evangelism. Right. That's really missing it. Yeah. Revelation says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the outreach of their church. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We, we overcome, we, we progress in life. We progress in our faith as being the church by giving away our testimony. People need to know uh, the Jesus that you met. They, they need to know what you've experienced. And I've become a lot less stressed out, I'd say, at this point in life as a pastor. Good. From the standpoint of, hey, if we don't do all do this together, then it's not going to happen. So if you aren't active with the gospel in your own life, then you know if you you know if you walk up to me and uh, it was literally this a literal example of a particular person that came up to church who, to me a few weeks ago was like, oh, I just want to see more people in the church. And I was like, great, we'll do something about it. Uh, yeah. what do you want me to do? You know, like right. you're the church, right? I'm the church. You're the yeah. church. Yeah. So uh, if that's an expectation and a real desire yeah. that you have, what is God doing in you that would cause you to, to activate on that thought process? Uh, because there's only so much I can do. There's only so many people I can reach. There's only yeah. so many things I can do. And if we don't do it all as a church together, then we can expect limited right. results from that. Right. Any other great, I mean, do you have any other great examples of moves of God that you've been a part of outside of uh, that particular experience in reference to Grace Point? Any other revivalistic moments that really marked you in your life? Yeah, I, um, uh, I've, uh, growing up, my, my parents always had us in church, and I, I always look back, and I, I can't, I can look back and remember certain times when, you know, my experience with quote-unquote revival was always around the evangelists that came to the local church, you know, these kind of things. And uh, so that's kind of been my frame of reference, although I know that God is much bigger than that. Mm. Uh, but that has been my point of reference because that's been my history. It, it may not be anybody else's or other people's, but it's certainly been mine. And I can certainly look back at times when the Lord just simply used a, a, a period of time just to speak to my own heart, to my, to my own life. And, and those times are very real to me. And uh, it's in those times of meeting with the Lord. Uh, again, I can give you scripture after scripture of this as well for the examples we have for, for people, real people in scripture, is that when people met with the Lord, God would give them a promise. He would always give a promise. There was always a promise attached to what their future would be. And uh, during those times of landmark times or times where God meets with us, he gives us a promise of our future. And I have, uh, you know, raised with those types of experiences. Yeah. Trying to be encouraging and uplifting, but I think a subtle point that you brought up there was that, which I think could be a downside of revival, is that a lot of revivals were built off of a personality. Yeah. 
or a person, right. or at least maybe it didn't initially start that way, but it started progressing towards right. that. Well, anytime humans are involved, man is involved, that we have a tendency to look to that, whether that, that church or that, that expression or that even that, that specific person as this is what God is doing. When it's, we, he may be using that, but it's much greater than that. Wow. And we, err, we make an error when we start narrowing it down to say, well, this is exactly how it has to be or who it has to be. Yeah, we think that it, yeah, it has to, again, flow a certain way with a certain person. or And, 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 and I, think that, I think that word revival it's an old word. Yeah. can be uh, so many different things, not just one thing. You know, like I feel like we, again, have boxed in that word, that revival just means uh, it's going to be having church every day for a long period of time with some speaker, or, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. rev- revival could be, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say is there, there could be churches and people experiencing revival right now, but because it's not what it's, it's, it's not defined by what they've seen other revivals. They think, oh, this isn't revival, but it could be an authentic move of God. Right. And so we have to stay open, uh, you know, stay open to that. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I do think, I completely think the moves and the movement of God as we continue to pr- press forward into the future, specifically here in America, is going to look different and more different than ever before. And we have to stay open to that. We have to stay create, create, creative. We have to allow the creative work of the Holy Spirit, which is, I believe, one of his characteristics is creativity that we need to keep that, let that flowing into the church so that new things can rise up and, and just be different and better than ever before. I think the, 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 uh, a central component or at least a central expression of revival, whatever you want, whatever word you want to use, um, uh, is uh, the central expression is celebration. There has to be a celebration. Uh, the uh, and and it's not a uh, a celebration as as is as if it is contrived, but it's a natural outflow of the expression of excitement and joy that God brings when He meets with His people. People just celebrate what God is doing. Yeah, Amen. Well, I'm excited about how God is going to continue to move and. I want to be open and I want to be available for it. And I just echo Paul, you know, that was just like eagerly desire the spirit, eagerly desire the work of the spirit. And and, and if it looks different, I was telling someone last night, the other day, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I've pretty much hung out in Pentecostal slash charismatic circles since I've been a believer or follow of Christ. And I've just tried to stay open. You know, I've just tried to stay open. I mean, I, there's kind of some theology that I have a theological framework. I have some strong beliefs that I have, but I still want to stay open because right. I believe the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, I talked last night with, uh, we were talking about the baptism, of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues that was not, uh, invented by the Assemblies of God in 1916, you right. know, at hot, in hot Springs, Arkansas, yeah. that was actually, you know, Jesus actually invented yeah. the, the yeah. baptism, of the Holy Spirit. He's yeah. the innovator it's of that. Promise, yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> there's that and other things, but you know what, that, that was a dormant, that was a dormant thing in the life yeah. of the church, you know, that had grown dormant. Part, yes. And so what is it, what are the areas that are dormant in the life of the church um, that if the Holy Spirit wanted to pour that out, we might be hesitant or we right. might be like, hey, that's not really doesn't flow with kind of where we're at theologically. And I don't want to be weird and I don't want to be out there, but I do want to move of the spirit. Yeah. And I do know that that requires 
submission, surrender, uh, repentance, and openness so that we can see God do greater and greater things. Yeah, I agree. Well, Pastor Perkins, thank you for diving into this. We love you. Those that listen to the Grace Point podcast are happy to have you on, and and, uh, we all just want to be like you. I'm blessed to be here. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.